It's Toto on SAFM, Rosanna, yeah. British and Irish Lions, 10. South Africa, 6. 15 minutes have been played, so still, what's it, 30 minutes to go. South Africa, 6. British and Irish Lions, 10. In the third and deciding test being played down in Cape Town. Uh, I just happened upon a tweet. I had to double check it to see if it was real, as one should do with tweets. Uh, it comes from Africa Fact Zone, and it is true. King and Dolly is going to earn himself 1.45 million rand a month at Kaiser Chiefs. Did I say a month? Yeah, because that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> um, well, Samir Nukovic, highest was the highest paid player in the DSTV Premiership. Uh, it sees him now earn 930,000 rand a month. Come up, Billiard takes home 830,000 rand a month. Dolly's going to take home 1.45 million rand a month. The only player who currently earns more than a million bucks a month is the most expensive player in the league. Um, more than the second place billiards, it seems Chief gave him an offer he could not deny, leaving France to return home. Uh, the star returned to shores from Montpellier, where he was earning just 600,000 rand a month. Uh, now he's earning 1.45 million rand a month. That's okay. I wonder where Chiefs get all the money to be able to do that. Good to be there. All right. You are there, SAFM. We're keeping updated on the rugby. Let's talk women's rugby for a little bit. It's uh, Christ Christeline Steinhubel joins us on the line. Now, how's it going, Christeline? Hi. Going well, thanks. Can you? Excellent. What can the Springboks do to win this game against the Lions? Oh, they just uh, actually need to keep possession, I think, and uh, slow down on the penalties. It, it's been that. Hey, the, this referee is keeping a close eye. Are you, are you happy? As as all South Africans are never happy with the referee, but are you are you happy after all the talk off the field that things are coming right? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's been tough. Like there's so much going on off the field um, as well. Mm. So I think it's, it's you know the boys just need to keep their head on um, and just play the game. That's it. Stick to the game. All right, why am I talking to Christine Steinhobel about rugby? Professional rugby player she is, member of South African Women's Sevens team, high-performance coach as well. Uh, so she knows what goes on in the in those dark areas of rugby. How long have you been playing rugby, Christine? Um, I started playing my first rugby, I think, in 2010, 11. Uh, that's kind of mm -hmm. where I started playing, yeah. So a few years now. How did you get into it? Um, well, actually, accidentally, um, I went to university for cricket on a scholarship and <laughs> made quite a few friends in the you know, rugby side of things. And then one day, um, we had an alumni match and I just got roped in and the next thing I knew I had boots and some rugby shorts on. <laughs> <laughs> Were you good at it from the beginning? I think uh, I've always been quite sporty, you know, so I think going from cricket, which, you know, it's, it's not a boring sport, but um, when I found rugby, I was like, oh, this is very exciting. So I kind of just mm. love the running around and the physicality. So, yeah, I kind of like fit, fit in quite nicely. Uh, you're a seven specialist. I've, I've played sevens once or twice in my life. It's like the hardest sport in the world to do. <laughs> why, why, why sevens particularly? Um, well, I mean, I started with 15s and I loved it. And then I got off to play sevens and it's so much quicker. And as everybody knows, it's, especially for women, it's the fastest developing sport globally. Um, so it's, it's, just, it's so exciting to play, to watch. And the more physical it gets, the you get and the crowd. So like, it just ticks all the boxes, I think, like in terms of mm. crowd and, and sponsors and players and the, the, you know, it gets better and better. There's so much 
across athletes as well. So I think it's all of the above. It's one of those great sports to watch because there's there's so much going on in a day. Those, uh, uh, yeah, I wanted to say those old sevens events back when crowds were still allowed. Uh, you could yeah. sit all day and watch a host of people play, couldn't you? Absolutely, I think that's the fun. That's like half the fun is you just watch one game. You watch multiple teams play multiple games over you know two three days. So it's just one of those events, especially in Hong Kong. You know the crowd supports everyone. Um, Dubai as well. I know when we play there, it's just amazing. It's fancy dress and everyone's having an amazing time and um, <laughs> everyone supports everyone. It's just insane. Let's talk. It, it is Women's Month. We're going to focus on women a lot, Christine. What is the yeah. what is the challenge of being, first of all, a woman rugby player? Is, has it changed or is there still a stigma to say, ah, well, rugby's for men, chicks go play, I don't know, go play hockey or something? <laughs> yeah, it's still very much, uh, especially in South Africa, to say that it's quite traditional still. Um, a lot of people don't actually know there's a, there's a women's seventh team. And if people find out, you know, they're quite, they're quite shocked. They're like, well, do you guys train as hard or do you tackle each other? And they're like, we, we play rugby. Um, so, yeah, we do tackle each other. And I, I think it's just changing that perception of um, getting out of the traditional mindset that women play and women are actually very good as well. So... You know, they just need to sit down and, and give it a watch, and it's quite entertaining. It's just changing description as time goes on. Mm. I, I wanted to talk about women in general, but you know, when you when you look at our Olympians, three lady or two ladies have come back with three medals. Uh, so yeah. I, I would say that women's sport certainly has the credibility now. It's there's no more excuses for not supporting women's sport anymore. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's um, I think from an investment point of view and that you know, almost the culture around, around especially male-dominated sports, um, it's going to take a while to catch up to, you know, like your mm. forward-seeking countries like New Zealand, USA, Australia, you know, those countries have uh, invested many, many years ago already, um, and they're now reaping the rewards. So, you know, there's no excuse anymore. We train with all the men. Um, in fact, uh, the men actually, <laughs> when we, because we train in Stellenbosch together, and, you know, mm-hmm. the men have numerous percent, like we, the ladies, they just feel train much harder than what they sometimes train. So there's, <laughs> there's no excuse for, you know, kind of lack of understanding or acknowledging actually that women, you know, women play and they play well. Uh, just having a look at the rugby, Pollard was given a penalty opportunity. Looks like he's missed it. So South Africa is still 6-10 behind 53 minutes in the Lions against the Springboks. Uh, when it, you, you talk about the training, but the performance on the field from our South African women's seven side is, is still lacking. We're not getting up to that top level. How close are we to being a regular on the seven circuit? Well, listen, this is, this, I mean, this could be a discussion but there's multiple variables that um, need to you know look at and it starts with the development you know the grassroots um, mm, mm. the men and the boys play from you know primary school you know grade one and we don't have those structures in place so you know we can't go from the top down uh, you can't get to the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow without a plan so the expectation to change first of all the expectation that the rugby country and why are women not on the circuit so I feel like that first off needs to change firstly, and uh, we need to start really looking at, at where can we, start, you know, investing in grassroots and get it into schools, helping me 
um, getting our coaches involved and um, schools and universities and varsity, varsity cups because we need a feeding system. And only when we have consistency, you know, in those areas where we start producing um, like players that are more than capable to, you know, add value. And I think then we'll get, mm. we'll get consistency on the circuit because we play against um, circuit teams when we go to Dubai, you know, we've played in Cape Town. So the results are not there for us. Um, we, we just need more consistency in, in, in the plan for us to produce yeah. results. Yeah, I started the show with a proper rant at our sports minister who says you know, the, 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 the makeup of the team is wrong, blah, 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 looking for every excuse except for yeah. the fact that you know, if you want it, – it's so easy to have women play rugby. It's like, well, you don't discriminate. You just at, – at five years old, boys and girls are the same. Yeah. yeah? So you can have boys and girls rugby teams playing touch rugby from, from that kind of age up until seven, up until what, 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 what would you be uncomfortable playing against boys? 12 years old? Yeah. When I, when I got to that age, even for, for, you know, they can't say, okay, you can't play with the boys anymore. So, mm. um, I think at that age, yeah, you can't separate the, the male female. Um, but then there's so many, um, parents that have, either called me, I don't know where they got my number, or I get, you know, DMs, like on Facebook, where parents are asking me where can they, their daughters play rugby, and then eventually they actually just lose interest and there's no motivation because there's no structures in place for them. So it's actually, it's, sure. it's quite sad to think that there are so many girls who want to play and they find the game exciting, but there's no way for them to go and you actually lose that talent. Uh, I need to interrupt my chat with Christine Steinhovel because Cheslin Kolb has just scored himself a try down the right-hand wing. Uh, the Lions set up a high ball. All of the left side of the Lions, sorry, on the right wing, all of the Lions on the left side went to go challenge for the ball. There were about five Springboks left over. Gave the ball to Cheslin Colby, who just ran all the way and bounced and junked and jinked and uh, pushed off one, two, three tacklers. Was, yeah, jumped, pushed off three tacklers. And the Springboks take the lead against the British and Irish Lions. So it's 11 points to 10 at the moment with the conversion still to come. You with SAFM, this is Sport Tracks, busy chatting to Christine Steinhobel. Uh, as you heard, professional rugby player plays for the Sevens. Uh, when we say professional rugby player, Christine, do you get paid? It's your gig. It's what you do. You wake up in the morning and play rugby. Yeah, we get a salary. It's what we do every day. <laughs> so, uh, but currently the sevens program is on hold. So there's no uh, mm. professional sevens for now due uh, to COVID. That kind of stopped the the, the program uh, from January. So we're just waiting to hear what we expect. But yeah, it's a, it used to be a fully uh, functional professional setup. Yeah. Right. Uh, I've got a list of questions here, which are great. Uh, I, I do want to know why they, they're saying, what's the most life-altering change in your personal life is a question I have to ask. So what do they mean by that? Oh, yeah, I, I looked at, saw that question. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I'll just, you know, um, I would say there's huge moments in life that you can call them huge change moments, you know, when you, your, your whole uh, system shift almost and um, the one is in 2009 I asked my mum to cancer when I was 19 and mm. I would say that was a, like a big shift in my life and the second one would be um, I, I grew up in England I lived there for 12 years so from oh, the age yeah. of 12 to 25 I lived in England and I had to make a decision to come back to South Africa 
because it wouldn't be my visa, and obviously I built my life in England. So I would say those two things uh, kind of shifted me massively in my life and huge change moments. Uh, but I would also say without those things, I don't know if I would have worn the jersey. I don't know because I think you get molded by your experience. So I'm so, if I can put it this way, I'm actually so grateful for the lessons taught me. And I think, mm. uh, yeah, it plays a massive part in, in my career as well. Have you had support from your family and friends as you decided to make rugby a career? Yeah, uh, my family's always been super supportive. Um, my dad's my biggest fan. <laughs> and, yeah, unfortunately, um, my mom, I lost my mom before I played rugby, but she supported me with, with anything that I, that I wanted to do. So, like, huge support, and I'm so blessed, actually, that I have a family that supports, you know, sports, you know, like you say, male-dominated. So, yeah, I'm very blessed in that aspect. I want to talk a little bit more about what you're doing. High performance coach as well. So not only do you play the game, but you, you coach it as well. Uh, you provide training for up-and-coming athletes. Tell us about how you, I guess that, that's what you're having to do now that the Sevens campaign has stopped. So um, I don't coach rugby as per se. I have some individual clients um, that okay. I specialize with them, you know, with the Sevens um, specialized coaching in there. As a mindset, high performance coaching is actually mindset um, coaching. So that's more to, you know, like you said, it's your mindset and your awareness, your consciousness, uh, and all of the, you know, off the field kind of kind of stuff that can get in the mm. way that, um, yeah, it's your performance. So I, I really geek up about that side of things. I think it plays a massive part in success. I imagine, and we've spoken about this to a number of athletes and, and, and psychologists as well in the show, just how it's easy, I imagine, for a sports star to get waylaid, you know, because the money might be okay, you've got the celebrity status. It, it must be easy to, to get a little lazy sometimes, maybe. I think people get complacent. Yeah, I think if you if you get complacent and you kind of, that's not journey. You just kind of wake up, same routine, and you kind of forget to enjoy it as well. So, yeah, you kind of get lost, get complacent, and, you know, as soon as it either stops or you get into it's a wake-up call. So, yeah, it is easy to, to fall into that almost lazy space and, and to forget why you're there or why. Mm. I think um, a lot of athletes fall into that trap. Again, I'm going to refer to these notes that I was given. You're going to have to help me out here because it says here you're very body positive, proud of your physique, challenges the old school and outdated ideas of what a woman's body should look like. It's written here. But then I have a look at your at your Instagram and I'm like, damn, girl. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I think, That's... <laughs> yeah no, I think, you know, like always been, been loving hard work and the harder I work, the more enjoyment I can get out of it. I think that's part of why I love seven so much. The work mm. is endless. You can't get any better. They just put a few more. So, um, I love, always take a bit of a break now. I still gym here, but um, consistently, as I've said, it's actually the break has been really nice. Uh, mm. I love it. I've um, a new challenge and I kind of why I started because I think I'll just get addicted. It's so challenging. So always, I mean, everyone has to look good as well. So with playing sport as a, as a career, you kind of just take it for granted, you know. You, you train so mm. hard. Six months go, go by and, you know, you walk out of your little sport bubble and 
people are just like in family. It's like, oh, you look amazing. And my dad's <laughs> best favorite comment is your socialization. So like, oh, you forget, uh, you know, it comes, it's, it's almost like a benefit, you know. You, mm-hmm. you get this like sporty, sporty bod. Yeah, yeah, it's not nice. <laughs> yeah, if, if only getting fit was as easy as getting fat. Uh, absolutely, I hear you. And I'm <laughs> such a foodie as well. <laughs> <laughs> It, it it is something, and it is Women's Month as well. So, what's nice about rugby? One of the great things about rugby is it's it's for any kind of build. You know, the, the props are the big boys or girls, uh, the little scrum half, the fast guys, the big guys. It's the same with women, I imagine. So, it it do you is it the same in women's sport that that there's yeah you know, there's a sport for everybody, shape and size. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely. I mean, obviously, if we if we're talking about fitness, you know, everyone's pretty lean. Um, you do have a forward, but normally like the, the track, um, the backs who are a lot skinnier. But yeah, there's, there's something and especially in 15s, does when it comes to you know, as long as you can keep up with the pace of the game and the physicality, you know, you're good to go. Mm. All right, that phone line of yours is starting to bake up, Christine. Good chatting to you. Uh, what's, what are you going to keep yourself busy with if that phone line holds out over the next few months until until you get back on your feet with the sevens again? Well, I'm just going to do mindset coaching, not before coaching. I'm working with hockey, hockey, first and a few endurance athletes in Stanbosch. So hockey is over, and then yeah, hopefully we can crack up with the sevens very soon. Chris Lee Stadhobel, thank you very much for joining us. Sorry about that phone line towards the end there, but uh, I think you got the gist of the conversation. Professional women's player, Christine uh, Steinhobel, who's telling us a little bit more about playing rugby. It sounds like a lot of fun uh, if you are fit and strong. I did play sevens once, once in my life. I nearly fell down. It's a difficult sport. Uh, you are there, SAFM. Springboks leading 13 points to 10 against the British and Irish Lions. Uh, they did check with the TMO to see if that, um, if that try was allowed. There were a couple of what could have been knock-ons or, or um, could have been knock-ons or offsides or things, but eventually it was given. Colby taking it down the right-hand wing after a pass from Vili LaRue. So South Africa leading 13 points to 10. It is in the, let me just check the timing here, it's in the 64th minute at the moment. So still 20-odd minutes to play in that match, just three points in it. Uh, I was looking at the betting earlier, and the betting were predicting a three-points difference. That was how close it was. Um, if it stays as it does, then that's exactly what the bookies were predicting earlier on. So let's see what happens in these last 20 minutes.